Merry Meet. Welcome to Witch Magic. I'm Dawn, and I will be taking you on a spiritual journey to all things magic and witchcrafts. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Witch Magic. It is almost the birth date of Harry Potter, which is on July 31. So I thought it would be fun to do an episode all about the magical world that J.K. Rowling created that caused a great phenomenon for people of all ages. And I will start the show by saying, I solemnly swear that I am up to no good. The first book was written by Rowling while she was on a train around in about 1990. And the title of the book was Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. It took her six years to write when finally it was published in 1997 in the UK. It came to the United States the following year with the title Sorcerer's Stone. In 2001, it became a feature film loved by millions. We were introduced to a place called Hogwarts, where young witches and wizards learn their skills and have magical adventures. And most importantly, we were introduced to Harry Potter, the boy who lived. Now, if you have not seen these movies or read the books, I want to warn you now that there may be spoilers. So if you don't want any surprises ruined, you might want to stop this episode and come back to it at a later time. Anyway, <clears throat> shortly after the movie came out, my daughter Darcy read, had read the book. We did not see the movie right away for some reason, but she had the book. Anyway, once she was done reading it, she suggested that I read it. I kind of shrugged it off saying that I don't want to read that because it's a book for kids but she was very adamant about me reading it. So I did, just to amuse her. Um, oh my goodness, I loved it. So now I was determined that we had to see the movie. I was pleasantly surprised at how well the movie was scripted and how true to the book that it was. And they truly did get the best actors for it.
So Sorcerer's Stone started out with Professor McGonagall meeting up with Albus Dumbledore in Surrey, awaiting the arrival of the baby who survived an attack on his family. His parents were killed and he was being sent to live with his horrible aunt, uncle, and cousin. Hagrid arrives with the bundle of joy on his flying motorcycle. They leave Harry on the doorstep knowing that they will see him again when he turns 11. Because that's the age when young witches and wizards get accepted into Hogwarts, right? That's when Hagrid takes him to Diagon Alley after he turned 11. He went and got him. Took him to Diagon Alley to get the school supplies that he needs, which includes a cauldron, a wand, and his owl, Hedwig. King's Cross Station is where he needs to run through platforms nine and three quarters to take the Hogwarts Express. Hogwarts is a cool looking castle where they are sorted into the houses of Gryffindor, Ravenclaw, Hufflepuff, and Slytherin. Each house has a dormitory with a common room and are in different parts of the castle. The Great Hall is where they have their meals and where special lectures are given. Now, before I tell the whole entire story, because I could just go on and on, let's jump ahead to what the Sorcerer's Stone is. It was hidden in Hogwarts, but the evil wizard Voldemort, aka him that must not be named, wanted it to be able to restore his body that mostly died since he killed Harry's parents. As the series goes on, Voldemort gets more whole and more strong. Anyway, Harry stops him for the time being, but not for good. In this first installment of the series, we are not only introduced to Harry, but other key characters, such as his best friends, Hermione Granger, whose parents are muggles, which means non-magical people, and Ron Weasley and his family. We also meet Draco Malfoy, who ends up being an enemy of Harry and his friends. The sorting hat is placed on new students' heads to determine which house they belong in. And on a side note, my son Matthew gifted me a sorting hat. You know, it's a toy, of course. A sorting hat um, one Christmas. And it's so cool. It actually, you know, you put it on your head. You have to switch it on, of course. You put it on your head and it actually talks. It has like the little, like what looks like a little face on it. And it tells you you know, what house you're in. It's not always accurate. Let me trust trust me on that because I used to go on Pottermore, which used to be a website. I don't even know if they still have it. If they do, I think it's changed a lot. Um, once after we were well into the series and I was a big Potter fan, I became a big Potter fan, I went on the site called Pottermore and I got sorted into Hufflepuff. And... I stay true to my Hufflepuff roots because that is a Rowling-based website, so I feel like that was more accurate than anything else. Okay, but moving on. Chamber of Secrets is the second story in the series and the first one that we actually saw at the movies. This is also the first time we tried Birdie Bot's Every Flavor Bean <laughs> And I remember laughing so hard tasting these jelly beans that taste exactly 
how they promised, what they were listed as. I have to say, my favorite was the grass flavor. Honestly, though, how do they make these flavors? Because the grass one tasted just what I expect grass would taste like. Maybe it's a spell. Hmm. Anyway, Chamber of Secrets. So Ginny Weasley, Ron's younger sister, joins Hogwarts this year. And she is the one who, against her will, opened up the chamber. We meet a house elf named Dobby, who quickly becomes Harry's friend. But house elves are enslaved by one family and can only be freed when given an article of clothing. Dobby tries to make it so that Harry cannot go back to Hogwarts or he will be in danger. He can't get through platforms nine and three quarters, so he and Ron take the Weasley's flying car, which Ron gets in trouble for, of course. We meet Moaning Myrtle, who is a ghost that hangs out in one of the girls' laboratories, a.k.a. bathroom, who has seen the chamber be open long time ago. We discovered that there is a basilisk that is controlled by Tom Riddle, who Harry knows from the diary that he found. Tom Riddle was a Hogwarts student who eventually became Voldemort. Another interesting character that appears in this story only is Gilderoy Lockhart, who is an author and has become the professor of the dark arts. By the way, this is when Harry and everyone else discovers that he can speak parcel tongue. In other words, he can communicate with snakes. Now, Harry figured out himself that he could communicate with snakes in Sorcerer's Stone when he went to the zoo with the Dursleys, who consist of his Aunt Petunia, Uncle Vernon, and Cousin Dudley. Harry talked to a snake that was behind the glass, and the snake responded to him to Harry's surprise. But he didn't realize that he was actually speaking a different language until Hermione and Ron pointed it out to him after he did it in their Defense Against the Dark Arts class. A snake, which appeared from a spell, was ready to attack one of the students. Harry spoke to it. Since no one understood what he was saying, they all thought that Harry was egging the snake on, when indeed, Harry was trying to call him off. Prisoner of Azkaban is my favorite out of the whole series. I love the whole time-turner concept. We could all use one of those, right? <laughs> Certainly could. Anyway, <clears throat> Hermione was given this time-turner by Professor McGonagall so that she could make it to all of her extra classes. We see events happen in the story, but then we see them again as Hermione and Harry go back in time to be able to change a couple of things. Sirius Black escaped from Azkaban, and we find out that he was sent there by design. He is an animagus, someone who turns into a dog by will. He's also Harry's godfather. Professor Lupin comes on as the new professor of defense against the dark arts. He turns into a werewolf. Fred and George, Ron's older twin brothers, presents Harry with the Marauder's map that lets him see all of those walking around in the castle. And this map was made by Mooney, Wormtail, Padfoot, and Prongs. Now those four people are Remus Lupin, 
who we meet in this series. Peter Pettigrew, who we also meet later on in the in the series. Sirius Black and James Potter, who is Harry's late father. Peter Pettigrew turned to the Dark Lord, Voldemort, and disguised himself as Ron's pet rat. The Time Turner gave them a chance to save a couple of lives one night, in that one night. Buckbeak, the hippogriff that attacked Draco, who, by the way, was taunting him. Sirius, and actually Harry himself, as he was surrounded by Dementors. The fourth story in the series is Goblet of Fire. We see a cool Quidditch tournament take place and two other schools visit Hogwarts to join in the Triwizard Tournament. Names must be thrown into the goblet and one name from each of the three schools gets chosen to compete in the tournament. Witches and wizards must be of age to put their name in. But somehow Harry's name comes out as a fourth competitor and he must compete. There were three major rounds of this tournament and they are capturing an egg from a dragon, rescuing a loved one from mermaids, and collecting the cup from a hedge maze. Harry, alongside Hufflepuff, Cedric Diggory, grab the cup that ends up being a portkey taking them to a dark place where they meet up with Voldemort who is in full form at this point. We also meet Mad-Eye Moody who appears at first to be a villain. But then we find out that he was imprisoned by Barty Crouch who kept drinking a polyjuice potion to disguise himself as Mad-Eye. So polyjuice potion by the way is a potion that is made using a bunch of ingredients but the most important ingredient is a hair from the person you wish to disguise yourself as. This potion is very difficult and it takes weeks to make. Harry, Ron, and Hermione actually made and used it in Chamber of Secrets when they were investigating who opened the chamber. <clears throat> Harry and Ron became Crab and Goyle, Draco's minions, in order to try to get info out of Draco. Hermione's potion did not turn out so well as the hair she used actually belonged to, and I forget whose hair she was trying to get, but it was a girl from Slytherin. Anyway, she grabbed a hair from her robes, only to discover it was hair from the girl's cat. <laughs> Always be sure you have the right ingredients. Order of the Phoenix is probably my second favorite in the series. I mean, I love them all so much, it really is hard to deter determine which order I like them best anyway. In this one, we meet Luna Lovegood, who is a flaky but lovable Ravenclaw girl who becomes friends with Harry in the crowd. Dolores Umbridge takes over the school, and she is horrible, making all these ridiculous rules and getting rid of anyone who gets in her way. She works alongside Filch, who is the school's caretaker who is more than happy to enforce these rules and keep an eye out for the rule breakers. Since Professor Umbridge refuses to teach the students how to defend themselves against enemies, Harry forms a group called Dumbledore's Army, where they meet up in the Room of Requirements to practice spells that will protect them from evil. The Room of Requirements only shows up to those in need, 
Harry makes a great teacher. But Umbridge and Filch find them out, and they try to cause trouble for them. Hermione leads Umbridge to the Forbidden Forest, with Harry in tow, and she is taken away by the centaurs. Centaurs are men that have horse bodies. <clears throat> Harry and his good friends go to find the prophecy when they meet up with Voldemort and his Death Eaters, one of them being Bellatrix Lestrange, who has escaped from Azkaban, and the reason why Neville, Neville Longbottom's parents went insane. I have to say, though, she is a cool character. I love Helena Bonham Carter, who plays Bellatrix. I love Snape, too, but Hermione is actually my favorite character because I could totally relate to her. Next is the Half-Blood Prince. The potions master this year is Horace Lughorn, who has great insight into Tom Riddle, a.k.a. Voldemort as he was a student of his back in the day. <clears throat> Dumbledore asked Harry to try to get information out of Slughorn so that they can best beat, defeat Voldemort. When Harry collects a memory from Slughorn, Dumbledore poured it into the pensive for Harry to look into. He discovers Tom Riddle asking Slughorn about something called Horcruxes, which is a way of dark magic where if he kills someone, he can place part of his soul in an item for immortality. In his case, Voldemort created seven. If they can find and destroy all seven of these Horcruxes, Voldemort would become a normal wizard, giving Harry a good chance to defeat him. Meanwhile, Harry was using a potions book in his class that had notes written in it by someone named the Half-Blood Prince. This made Harry excel in potions, but also taught him some magic that got him into trouble. We also find out that Snape is the Half-Blood Prince, and he just killed Dumbledore because Draco, who was ordered to do it, could not. But this was all part of a br brilliant plan. A war is now on. Now, to the last story in the series, The Deathly Hollows. This book was huge. Actually, the books kept getting bigger and bigger and darker. There was so much in this book that they had to split the movie into two parts. Harry, Ron, and Hermione left Hogwarts to search for the rest of the Horcruxes. Hermione noticed a symbol in the book that Dumbledore had willed to her called Tales of Beetle the Bard which had a few children's stories for witches' families. I actually purchased this book when it came out, and it was pretty cool. Anyway, she showed the symbol to Harry, and he recognized it as something that Luna's dad had around his neck. So they went to go see Xenophilius Lovegood, and he told them the symbol was called the Deathly Hollows, and it came from the story, The Tale of the Three Brothers. I won't get into the story of that too much, Maybe I'll read that book to you guys one day. The Tales of Beetle the Bard. That'll be fun. Anyway, the Deathly Hollow symbol is made up of three parts. The triangle represents the invisibility cloak. The circle inside is the resurrection stone. And the line that goes down the middle is for the Elder Wand. I have a tattoo of this on, my, on the back of my neck. 
So cool. Dumbledore was buried with the Elder Wand, and Voldemort opened his grave and took it. Whoever has the Elder Wand becomes the most powerful. To make a long story short, Ron, Harry, Ron, and Hermione found and destroyed all the Horcruxes. Towards the end, they were back at Hogwarts and everyone was battling. Once all the Horcruxes were destroyed, Voldemort weakened and Harry defeated him. Suddenly, it was years later, I think about 10 years later, and we see them grown up, put in their own kids on the Hogwarts Express. Do you want to know what the seven Horcruxes were? Marvolo Gauntlet's Ring, Tom Riddle's Diary, Ravenclaw's Diadem, Salazar Slytherin's Locket, Helga Hufflepuff's Cup, Nagini, which is Voldemort's snake, and Harry himself. And those were condensed versions of the stories. Of course, there's much more to them, as you know, if you've read the books or seen the movies. I've been to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter a few times. Oh my goodness, I cried happy tears the first time I entered Hogsmeade. My very first time I went there and went through the little, you know, the little entrance there. I was so amazed at how much it looked just like the movies. Walking into the castle is cool. As you can see, the moving pictures, the classroom doors, and much, much more. I've eaten at the three broomsticks. And by the way, the three broomsticks, oh my gosh, the food that they serve is really cool. And the servers all wear like these types of witches hats. And um, the decor is amazing. You even see a shadow of Dobby dancing on the wall at some point. It's so cool. Um, I've heard Morning Myrtle in the woman's bathroom. I've enjoyed delicious butterbeer and watched on as someone got their wand at Ollivander's, bought candy at Honeydukes, took the Hogwarts Express to Diagon Alley, where I saw Dementors, it took a minecar ride in Gringotts Bank, plus much more. You, but you get the gist. By the way, if you're a Potter fan, I highly, highly recommend visiting visiting Wizarding Worlds if you have the means to do so. You will not be disappointed. I could spend the whole day there easily. So I've also been to many Potter events and one of my favorite being was at a restaurant that was kind of like an interactive dinner theater where we made potions, wands, made a feather float by doing the Wingardium Leviosa and did a spell. Plus there was entertainment and any time a question was asked, guess who had their hand up like Hermione? Each time, and even the woman that was running it, you know, she was supposed to be our professor. Um, she even compared me to Hermione, and it was it was pretty cool. Um, I have Hermione's wand. I now have the Elder Wand because my daughter Juliet gifted that to me a long time ago. So now I've got the power. <laughs> anyway. Um, and I don't know, have you ever gone on those sites? Like, have you ever read any of those fan base theories that were saying um, what the characters would really look like based on the descriptions in the books? And I have to say, 
I really, I know that the characters in the movies are, you know, prettied up for Hollywood and all that kind of stuff. But I really, I'm glad they look the way they do in the movies. And, um, you know, I'm really, really glad that all the main characters, all the main actors stayed with the movies and were in each one. Um, even though the kids got older than their characters pretty much because if year a couple of years went by before they did another movie, you know, and the books were based on once a year. You know what I mean? So on Sorcerer's Stone, Harry turned 11. He went to Hogwarts. The following year, which would have been Chamber of Secrets, they would be 12, then 13, if you know, so on and so on every year. Um, but of course, these actors got older, so they were a little bit older than what their characters were. And I remember a while back, they were saying something like they would need to get new actors because the kids, they, the actors were just getting too old for the for the characters. And I was like, oh my gosh, no, because the actors in this movie, these movies were perfect, in, in my opinion. They were completely perfect. Can you imagine anyone else playing Harry Potter? Than Daniel Radcliffe? No. So, <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I'm really glad that, you know, I think the only person that changed was the guy who played Dumbledore because the original actor had died um, before finishing off the, all the films. So, and I can't remember. I think it was Prisoner of Azkaban when we saw an, a different Dumbledore. But anyway, um, but that was the only reason for that, and uh, which was unfortunate. But, I mean, everything else, everyone else was there and we see, we got to see them grow and it's amazing. And today, it's hard to believe, but they're in, what, their 30s? So, it's insane. It's insane. How long ago these, these books and movies started and became such a phenomenon that they're still popular after all these years? Think about that. It's crazy. I'm a fan, as you can tell. <laughs> so I hope this this was fun and entertaining for you, especially my fellow Potter fans. I've read all the books, but I've also seen the movies more times than I can count, and it just never gets old. So happy birthday to Harry Potter. Now, before we go, I'm going to draw a rune. And of course, you're going to hear me shuffling through my bag of runes so I get the right one. And here it is. All right. Now I got to go to my trusty book. <laughs> so the rune I drew was Othila. So let's see, let's find it in the book. It's number four. Okay. So we drew this reversed. So I'm just gonna re read the reversed meaning. Um, this rune is called Othila. And it means separation, retreat, and inheritance. 
And the reversed description says, This is not a time to be bound by old conditioning, old authority. Consider not only what will benefit you, but what will benefit others, and act according to the light you possess now in your life. Because you may be called upon to undertake a radical departure from old ways, total honesty is required. Otherwise, through negligence or refusal to see clearly, you may cause pain to others and damage to yourself. Adaptability and skillful means are the methods to cultivate at this time. And still you must wait for the universe to act. Receiving this rune, remember, we do without doing and everything gets done. Well, all right. I hope that had some kind of meaning to you. Now I will do, I haven't forgotten about the everyday spells cards. And I think I posted the pictures. I think I'm up to date with the pictures in them. But I'll check the Facebook group page um, to make sure that I have them all up there. So this next card is uh, a hump day spell. You'll need a white candle, two drops of lavender oil, one white rose, one handful of dried white sage, and one rose incense. This spell works well for midweek enlightenment. Anoint your candle with lavender oil on your altar. Place the rose in a bowl of water and lay the sage beside your bowl and light the incense. Take the sage and light at the end. Pass the smoke over your altar to smudge the space, repeating this chant. May grace be bestowed on my spirit, and so it is by magic sealed. And like I said, I will take a picture of this one and post it on the Facebook group, and I will make sure that I have those up to date for you. Okay, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. This episode was so much fun to do. Please come over and join on the Facebook group and take a look at my website. All the links will be on the show notes and um, also links will be on the Facebook group as well and on my website. And I'm also on Twitter and Instagram, although I don't go on those two accounts as much as Facebook. So, you know, up to you if you want to follow me on all of them or just one of them. So until next time, I have to say, mischief managed. So that's going to do it for today. I will be airing these podcasts about once a week, so be sure to tune in. You might want to choose to get notified when I air so that you don't miss a thing. If you have any comments, please feel free to connect with me on my Facebook group. I will leave the link to that along with my website on the show notes. Blessed be.